Hi everyone, my name is Sonia Rita. And this is the Morana of the Lovely House Latinx. And you're watching, I mean you're listening to What, what the Drag. drag. You're not watching yet. We're gonna get a video. You're gonna get video. Someday y'all will watch us. Yeah, you will. Meanwhile, look at us on our Instagrams. Yeah, please do. That's the next best thing. Uh, and come to our shows. Yeah, if you want to see Absolutely. us in person. Talking about our shows. Do you have anything going on soon? Um, not to my knowledge, no. I don't have anything coming up, but um, I will let y'all know as soon as I have a gig. Yes. What have you been up to, though? Girl, just working. Well, I was. <laughs> We're not going to talk about that, though. Anyway, mm-hmm. what have you been up to, Miss Girl? I have been working as well, mm-hmm. you know, at the good old Siren's Place. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Not the siren. Yeah, we love her. Oh wow. Yeah, that's the siren is Jesus in drag. I'm not sure if you knew that. No, it's have you not. looked better? Stop <laughs> it! I can't. I can't. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That's funny. But I do have a show coming up. Oh, you do? Yeah. Uh, not, will this be out by then? Let me let me think. Okay, yes, yeah, so this will be out before that show. So let me talk about it. I am doing the community Q community party. Ooh. It's in Lafayette. Ooh. Yeah, absolutely. What is All this? It is the twenty fifth. Yeah, all of the information is on my Instagram, in my story. I'll probably be posting about it all week, so. Yay! I mean, if you're listening, you're probably listening on Friday, so you only have one day to make the decision of whether or not you're going, but (laughs) you're going. I made the decision for you. (laughs) So anyway, do you know what I noticed? What? So I was listening back to last week's podcast, and we forgot something really important. Girl, what did we forget, girl? We forgot to talk about season eight. Oh my god, and you wanna know what's funny? What? Season eight is literally it's one, one of my favorites. favorite seasons. Who do oh I think god. we are? I know, and like one of my favorite winners. Exactly. Like So shout out Bob the Drag Queen. Yes. We love you. Yes. Girl. Our top four for season eight was Dra- Bob the Drag Queen, mm-hmm. Bob the Drag Queen, Bob the Drag Queen, and, and Bob, Bob the, the Drag, drag Queen. queen. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. But yes, shout out to season eight. Amazing. That's our shout out for this week. Yeah, our shout out is the whole eight. cast. Of I'm so eight. sorry, girls. Except for like a couple of them. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, y'all, talking about drag race too. Our topic this week is drag and competition. Ooh. Yeah, which we we know as drag queens, things can get really competitive. Very, very, very. Absolutely. And you know, like I feel like. Uh, Sometimes it can get to people's heads. Thousand percent. But at the same time, there's a reason why it's there. Mm -hmm. And it's something we have to talk about. Absolutely. So let's get into it. Yeah, let's get right into it. So what we're going to bring up first is where do these drag competitions even come from? Sonia, that is a really good question, girl. Right? I really don't know. But I think you did some research. So tell us all about it. I did do some research. So just so y'all can look this up and fact check me. Um... Most of this I got from multiple articles uh, from... I don't think they were written by this person, but it's from research that's been done by this person. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think his name is... No, his name is Channing Gerard Joseph. Mm -hmm. He does a lot of history research fancy stuff, you know? Mm -hmm. I don't know the exact name for it, but he does it. (laughs) (laughs) 
But he mainly focuses on like queer culture, specifically mm-hmm. POC culture. Mm-hmm. Um, so something that he has brought to the limelight is um, where basically drag started here in America. Oh my god! Yeah, absolutely. Wow, America and did something right. Shocking. <laughs> I know what I'm about to say is shocking to a lot of white people. But honestly, it doesn't shock us that much. Really, it doesn't. It doesn't. Uh, but drag can be attributed uh-huh. to black folks. Oh, my God. Black folks stay women. Yeah, I know, oh right? God. So basically, uh, you know, before the emancipation, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in the times of... Slavery. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, the bad things. Uh uh, people who were enslaved would do these dances where they would uh, basically make fun of white people. Oh, make I fun love of that. their enslavers. Yeah, Girl. they would get the, those petticoats on, uh-huh. those fancy little what, what's it called tuxedos that they would wear back then, uh-huh. uh, and just make fun of them. Mm-hmm. And they would do it by dancing uh-huh. because it's fun. Yeah, and. Of course, white people stumbled upon this, and they're like, oh, what's going on here? Obviously, they had no clue they were being made fun of, because they ended up, like, taking entertainment out of this, Uh and they would basically give, quote, unquote, rewards to the best dancer. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, and they would call it a cakewalk. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure why that term is the term that mm-hmm. ended up being used, but it is. Isn't it because, like, the winner got a cake? cake? Yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right, yes. Okay, I get it now. <laughs> <laughs> it took me a second. So, the term came from them being given a cake. Mm-hmm. Okay, fast forward to after the emancipation. Uh, freed people would hold secret drag balls where they would, quote, unquote, cross-dress, mm-hmm. and they continued this tradition of a cakewalk. Uh, it turned into a specific style. There's actual videos uh, of people doing cakewalks. Mm-hmm. Um, so they continued this tradition of you compete in this cakewalk mm-hmm. to win a cake. Uh-huh. So e- even at the beginning of drag, mm-hmm. people were competing. Oh my god. So from the get-go, it was a competition. Uh-huh. I mean, not necessarily like a competition of how we think of it you know where it's like right competing in you know categories or you pageants know, it was just, or anything like right, that it was just one one race basically exactly i don't know how to explain it yeah uh instead of it being multiple uh-huh. um but in this particular period there were no laws banning this but of uh-huh. course You know, police being what they are, they would shut down a lot of these balls. They were called they were called drag balls as well. Oh wow! Um, It is this is a fuck twelve podcast. Absolutely, fuck the police. Fuck the police. A C A B. Yes. Big per. We will not take any police sponsorships. That is that on that. (laughs) Fuck that shit. Um, And that's also where the term drag queen comes from. Uh huh. Um, In this time period. These folks would call anyone who was a leader mm-hmm. in their communities mm-hmm. queens. Wow. And the balls were called drag balls. Right. So um, the first person who ever like, used the term drag queen, quote mm-hmm. unquote, to uh, 
to describe themselves was William Dorsey Swan. Oh, yeah, I've yeah. heard about them. Mm-hmm. So she self-proclaimed as the queen of drag, so like the leader of these drag balls. Basically. Love that. Absolutely. Uh, these original drag balls set the stage for future activism and culture, honestly. Like, there is a lot of ties from these balls mm-hmm. in what is now considered ball culture. Oh, wow. Yes, which ball culture has roots in New York mm-hmm. and in New Orleans. Right. Um, so, these balls sound really similar to, like, what we hear of now, which is, like, ballroom uh, which in ball culture they also hold competitions. Absolutely. And uh, people would walk in different categories to win different prizes, and as well as like the prestige of having walked in these categories and having won them as well. Right. Um, which at the time it was also very counterculture, in a sense that it was poking fun of gender, sex, and class. Uh-huh. Which, like the original drag balls, they right. were also poking fun but, at. You know, race, yeah, race and class. Um, so the ball culture started in the 1920s. Uh huh. Um, originally, the judges of these uh balls were white people, of course, they were girl, yes, always doing something, and then of course, they were racist because shocker, right? Um, but eventually. The black folks and the Latinx folks, who were the majority of the competitors, uh-huh. decided, you know what, like, black folks are obviously being undermined in these competitions, uh-huh. so we're going to have our own balls over here. Right. With black and brown judges. judges because Work. why are we being judged by a bunch of white people? Exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. Absolutely. So then they would have these uh, balls... Uh, They would also have events called drags, Uh um, which specifically was a counterculture action Uh against uh, cross-dressing laws. Oh, word! Yeah, so around this time is when these laws came into place where it was like, Mm -hmm. you cannot dress in the opposite gender's clothes. Fucking So, you know, people were like, fuck that shit, we're doing it anyways, and we're going to have specific events where we fuck you. (laughs) <laughs> that was the wrong terminology. Yeah, you know, where we where fuck we you say, off. Yeah, where we say fuck you. Yeah, absolutely. I was like, you're just missing one word. <laughs> we're not girl. fucking anyone. I was like, I don't know if they were fucking. They probably were fucking after the pool. After absolutely. the pool. But yeah, in the 1960s, uh, um, that's also when drag pageants started becoming a thing. Um, Drag pageants can be attributed to someone named Flawless Sabrina. Oh my god! Which I'm pretty sure most people have heard of. Yeah, I think you can actually see Flawless Sabrina in a movie called The Queen. You can get that on Amazon. Make sure if y'all want to understand a little bit more about drag pageants that you look at that. Absolutely. So Flawless Sabrina went to... uh, Drag shows in New York, which Mm -hmm. we can assume were probably... You know, drag balls. Um, She went to some drag balls in New York. And after seeing them, she was like, you know what? I want to do drag pageants in Philadelphia. Uh So she started doing pageants in Philadelphia. And she uh, ended up establishing the National Academy in which she hosted, like, nationwide drag shows and pageants. Uh Um, She never wanted to compete in them, though. She wanted Mm -hmm. to solely be a mother figure. Yes, yes. Um, one of these uh, pageants was the 1967 Miss All-America Camp beauty mm-hmm. pageant, which, like you said, is a part of the movie 
the queen. queen. Yeah. So that's, you know, the old time history of drag competition. Right. So from what we can see, competition has been a part of drag since since the get-go. Yeah. Absolutely. At least here in America. Right. Because I didn't really do much research about... Drag elsewhere. Right. Yeah. Fair enough. Um... But to be fair, I feel like, you know, when we talk about drag in the current time, uh-huh. a lot of this terminology comes from these time periods Thousand and percent. from these scenes. Thousand percent. So it's really important for us to acknowledge where all of this stems from. Right. And give the credit where it's due, which is people of color and queer people uh-huh. breaking the law. Big purr. Absolutely. Big purr. And having fun while doing it. Exactly. Because that's the thing about competition back then is that it was all Illegal. the fun. Yeah. You know what I mean? Illegal, exactly. yes, as well. <laughs> well, that just makes me think of uh, telling our audience to be gay and do crimes. Absolutely. But, like, don't get caught if you can Yeah, keep it. doing crimes. Keep doing crimes, keep doing but, it. like, be slick, bitch. Absolutely. <laughs> but, yeah, so now that we, you know, have talked about... Uh, what drag competitions looked like back then. Uh-huh. Like, how do you feel all of that has impacted drag right now? Drag right now with all of that. So, like, again, a lot of our lingo and our language comes from that time period in drag and those, you know, different scenes in drag. Um, but beyond that, I think, like, we've come to expect a certain level of glamour from our queens, a certain level of... Um, you know, like stepping it up, leveling it up every time um, from our queens. So it kind of instills a like an improvement mindset in all queens who do drag now. Absolutely. And honestly, I think that has a lot of roots to it. Mm-hmm. I think a part of it is the fact that we live in a capitalist society. A thousand percent. So instead of satirizing class like they used to, we're today trying we're trying to, to imitate, imitate it. it. Exactly. Exactly. Which we're supposed to be making fun of these rich white people. I'm exactly. not trying to be, be these, these rich, rich white, white people. people. <laughs> um, which I think is lost on a lot of people. And there's nothing wrong with making your right. money. Trust me. Um, if it were up to me, I would be making my money oh, too. Oh, absolutely. But um, we do need to realize that, you know, um, drag is becoming less accessible um, to poor people. Um, there's a certain level of And poor people costuming. started it. Exactly. Um, there's a certain level of costuming and hair and et cetera, et cetera, that is expected of drag performers um, that some people just can't afford. Um, and this, like, really, like, is prominent, like, in a post-drag race world um, because every year these girls are spending more and more and more on their packages. And so people are, who are drag race fans are going to their bars and expecting the queens to look like girls on drag race when we don't have access to the funds that they do. Absolutely. Um, so I think it's really important that we sort of stop gatekeeping drag by class. That's a great point. Yeah, I was going to bring up Drag Race, too, because, like you said, because of these Drag Race queens stepping it up more and more and more mm-hmm. every year, you know, it's getting more expensive. Right. Um, and I think it also has influenced fans uh-huh. to see drag that isn't as that level as less than thousand percent and as we know with the drag race fandom mm-hmm. they can be vicious incredibly so vicious. vicious 
Don't attack us. <laughs> attack <laughs> me. I can fight. <laughs> Leave Sonya alone. And if you come for her, I'm coming for you. Thank How about you. that? You're welcome. But yeah, you know. I beat bitches up. I'm not these drag race girls. I will find you and fight you, girl. <laughs> these vicious people who, you know, have this mentality of drag being one way. Yes. One yes. way. Yes. And they... They just don't have the mental capacity. Not this the might, mental this capacity. Might, this, this might be a read. This might be a read. They don't have the so mental capacity funny. of drag being more than what they think it is. Right. And honestly, like I am gonna make this a race thing, but it's well, no, 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 no. It's not making it a race thing if it is. It a is race a race thing. thing. No, you're right. Thank you for correcting of me. Of course. Like this. Like we talked about earlier, this has been erasing since the, the beginning. I was so. Like, what do you mean, make it? We have noticed. I mean, like I said, with the drag balls uh, in New Orleans when they had the white judges, uh-huh. it kind of ruined the culture. Right. It's kind of the same thing right now. Ooh. The majority of the people Ooh. who I see criticizing Ooh. me in that way are white people. Oh yeah, no, and I think that like. The people who are criticizing us and queens like us have a certain proximity to whiteness if right. they're not white. Right. Um, you know, and I think that people really, really need to understand that drag has been racialized. We can talk about, even with Drag Race, the black, the black queens make it just as far as these white queens and have less of a following, have less interaction, make less money, get less bookings than these white performers. Right. So drag is racialized, and I think it's our responsibility as queens and our responsibility even more as drag fans and drag race fans to sort of deconstruct that. Make sure that we understand that, oh, just because this girl has darker skin doesn't mean that she's not just as talented as the rest of these bitches. And I think that specifically non-black queens Mm. have to back black people up. Thousand percent. They need to do it. You know, like, again... Going back to the New Orleans scenario. Right. When they noticed in the scenario that they were mistreating the black performers, Mm -hmm. both the black performers and the Latinx performers were like, we're leaving. Right. We're standing with you because you're being unfairly judged. They could have stayed there because the Latinx performers were were winning. Yeah, Yeah, they were winning. So they could have stayed there and been like, oh, you don't like it? You know what I mean? You leave. Yeah. But they left with. Right. So... It kind of has to be the same now where if you are a white performer or you are just a non-black performer and you see shit like that happening where, you know, things that shouldn't be competitive, like follower counts, are being brought up unfairly or just they're happening, you need to call them out. Thousand percent. Because it shouldn't just fall on the back of black folks. Thousand percent. Like, it's just fucked up. Yeah. Um... But yeah, I feel like that's a pretty good summary of how it's impacted today. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Where do you feel it's headed? <clears throat> Where do I feel it's headed? Um, you know, like I said, drag is becoming less and less accessible to those of us who are not wealthy. And I think drag is going to start becoming less of a like community art and more of a high art. Does that make sense? Right. So instead of it being this thing that anyone can do and you can just go throw on a dress and as long as you turn out a performance, it's great. Um, 
you know, people are starting to not book people because they don't have nails, because they don't wear certain things, because they don't have rhinestones, et cetera, et cetera. And it's sort of weaning out poor people. And I'm scared that drag is starting to become classist. Right. That's unfortunately where I think drag is headed right now. Right. I agree 100%. Mm. And I... Obviously, that's a bad thing. Right. Because we don't want drag to be inaccessible. Right. And I also want to point out that drag has always been counterculture. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. But the similarity between all three of those scenarios, whether it was the, dr- the original drag balls, mm-hmm. uh, ball culture, or uh, uh, the drag pageants, uh-huh. all of them had the similarity that they were all going against what's the... What the social norms were. Right. I think right now we're seeing a shift where drag is kind of a social social norm. norm. Yeah. So I think that we're going to have some awesome countercultures within drag be born Mm. while drag becomes a social norm. I love that idea. It has to happen. Right. Because at the end of the day, poor people are still going to do drag. Big part. They're going to be doing it. Right. And things are going to be born out of that. At least that's what I'm hopeful of. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's it a has to perspective. I love that, actually. I really, really hope you're right. I really do. And honestly, I see it now. Mm. Like, just going to local shows uh-huh. and seeing what some performers bring to their local stages uh-huh. versus what I see on TV. Uh-huh. I, get, I just get so much more uh, life. From, from the, the local, local girls. performers. Yeah, thousand Especially percent. alt performers. Oh my which... gosh. You alt bitches are so sickening. Absolutely. So sickening. <laughs> Ooh. And that's where you're going to be able to see things that you can't see on TV. Big purr. You know what I mean? Like, right. It's it just. You know, let's not discredit Dragula. Dragula is doing oh, no, a absolutely. really good job of being both inclusive and, um, you know, sort of having. Um, people who do all types of drag. Absolutely. Um, so I just think it's so, so fucking sickening um, that these people are getting a platform as well. Is it on the same level as Drag Race? No. no. But it's there. It's there. Also, I think the prize money is going up on Dragula to $100,000. Oh my God. Yeah. So, so if you're an performer, I think you really, really, really should get into that. Absolutely. Honestly, I think even Dragula still has its limitations mm. when it comes to competition. You're right. Because at some point, it's also going to reach the level Drag Race has reached. How do these reality shows shape competition? So, yeah. Like, I think, you know, when we talk about Steve Harvey's show. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that beautiful, beautiful man. That beautiful, bald, mustachioed man. <laughs> uh, when we talk about his show... We have to realize that, again, like, drag is getting more expensive to participate in. And so, um, you know, even in dressing rooms, I've heard this. I spent this much on this dress. I spent this much on these shoes. These shoes are designer. This dress is a custom. You've heard it on this podcast. I've heard it on this podcast. Yeah, I've talked about how much my last dress cost. Exactly, which, Jesus Christ. It was cheap, let's be honest. (laughs) <laughs> so Sonia Rita is rich. Hear me. It's, do you see how it influences people? Exactly. Over here saying that a three hundred dollar dress is cheap. cheap, but we consider that same dress for like maybe a hundred dollars. Oh, absolutely. But see, here's the thing. My mentality comes from that because I see even the bigger queens in our community spending uh-huh. 
thousands of dollars on a single dress. Yes. So to me, when I compare myself, like I said, even to our local queens. Right. I'm spending dirt compared to what they're spending. Right. Which is crazy. Right. So I think that we have to, again, like be like, hey... Drag is competitive, but maybe maybe this local drag show isn't a competition. Right. And maybe you don't have to have the most expensive and the tallest and the biggest and the et cetera, et cetera. Like, everybody do your own thing. And honestly, I think that truly falls on show producers. Mm. If you are a show producer, don't expect... Just don't expect people to spend their life on a dress. Yes. Yes. Thousand percent. I have actually been like offered gigs and then when I don't have these rhinestone costumes, these uh et cetera, et cetera, they're like, Oh, okay, well we'll let you perform, but we don't all want to have you back. Which is really sad because the performance is always great. Right. But maybe the outfit and like I know it's happened to me earlier in my drag career where my outfits maybe weren't the best. Right. Um but that's okay. It's okay. We have to give people the space to learn and grow and right. sort of, uh, you know, like not everybody has a thousand dollars to spend on a dress, five hundred dollars to spend on hair, and two hundred dollars to spend on shoes. Like not everybody has that. So let's remember that poor people exist and that poor people do drag. Do you know what? Mm. This thought just came from what you were talking about, of mm. course, but something thinking about where these competitions came from uh-huh. none of these examples were ever like oh we're gonna base our judgment on based off how, how much, much you spent yes. it was always how do you look and how do you perform exactly where's that at you know what I mean right. obviously that's still in drag we right. still base our judgment off of that right. but can we get away from that toxic the money, money yeah. thing that's just, you know, I don't know. That's it's gonna be at the end of of drag. Yeah. That's dramatic, but money is going to end drag. <laughs> money is the root <laughs> money, money is the, the root, root of all evil. evil. Looking at you, Steve Harvey. Yeah, Steven. That fracking money's getting real good, ain't <laughs> <Yeah>. it? <laughs> just to clarify, Steve Harvey himself does not frack. Someone else does. Someone else. Who's his twin? <laughs> Hi, Steve. But legit, legit. <laughs> and you know what? Like, I've been to a few local shows. Uh-huh. Oh, my God. Oh, Sorry. she got a machiana. Yeah, I did. But yeah, I've been to a few, like, local shows where it is competition-based. Actually, uh-huh. here in Colorado, we have... Ultimate Queen. Yes. Well, that's what it was called. I think it's something else now. It's Ultimate Drag something. Oh, I forget what they changed the name to. Either way, it's a competition. I just call it Ultimate. Yeah, Ultimate. Um, It's this drag competition. And the few shows that I went to that were Ultimates, uh-huh. like, most of the judges were, per- like, you know, judging based off of... What I just said, which was the performance and, and what your look. performances, yeah. absolutely. So I'm glad to see that that's still, you know, a thing. 
within actual competitions uh, because honestly I feel like the whole money thing isn't even something that we're judged on in competitions it's things that we're judging each other on right. outside of competitions yes. like it's like oh she's not wearing this and I'm like who gives a fuck right. why, why are we judging right now that we're not competing exactly. exactly I mean I guess we're competing for spots and gigs but I don't even think we have to do that because I think there's room for every fucking one there is like, you know, I think, like, a lot of girls take the competition to their regular bookings, and frankly, like, with, with, with like, Greeley Drag in particular, right. I'm not competing with y'all. Y'all yeah, are competing right. with me. Frankly, y'all could. I'm competing with you, and I'm doing so much better, baby. Who told you that lie? My mama. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> no, like, it's not a competition because I want everybody to just... I want everyone to succeed, and I think we need to have more of that in drag. Right. Let's keep the competition on the stage, not... Interpersonally. Right. Because, frankly, girl, uh, you bitches don't know me. Right. Also, let's keep the judging to people who've, like, actually, like, you know, done something with their careers. I hate being judged by people who, like, started drag... After I did. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, oh, that's a lot of lip service from somebody who just learned how to glue down their brow. Right. Absolutely. Mm. How dare you how talk to me you. that way? Yeah. You fucking name. You need to give me the respect I deserve <laughs> before, before you get the respect you want. I'm going to pass away. <laughs> ah, I can't believe. Sorry, I just that's an inside joke. I just blew your microphone. That's an inside joke. <laughs> Whoever gets it, gets it. Yeah, if it's for you, it's for you, girl. <laughs> Absolutely. That's if not, just so enjoy us cackling. <laughs> also, I scream when I laugh, so you're welcome. Absolutely. But yeah, I mean, I feel like, I feel like we've covered pretty much everything when it comes to competition. Is there anything else you want to get off your chest? Girl, um, mm, no, I can't think of anything off the top of my head. But, um, you know, just like... If you're in a dressing room, that's not the time to compete, sweetheart. No. Remember that. Absolutely. I think the only thing that I'm going to say is, like, let's learn from history Mm -hmm. and let's repeat what's good and grow from what's bad. Absolutely. And there's, you know, there's a lot that we can be doing better. Mm -hmm. And also there's a lot that we're doing great. Right. Let's acknowledge all of it. Let's do it. Absolutely. Well, this was so fun, Miss Rita. Absolutely. Oh, my God. I love talking with you. I love talking with you, too, Breasty. I know, right? Should we do shout-outs? I mean, we kind of already gave our shout-out to season eight. Should yeah. Should we do any more? Um, I want to do a shout-out. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. So I'm going to shout-out the Davenports and okay. the Diamond Dolls, I believe, down in Texas. Thank you for welcoming my drag mother and being so lovely. We appreciate you. Absolutely. And they're also within the pageant systems, right? They sure are. So, so I hope you girls win the pageant. Yeah. Go out there and compete. As you should. What we do. <laughs> do you have anyone you want to shout out, girl? Um, I'm gonna shout out. Let's shout out Simon. We've talked about Simon almost every episode. We sure have. But this we is gonna him. be our official shout out to Simon Hyperion. Simon Hyperion. Here from Colorado, Greeley, Colorado. We're trying to get him on. To talk to us. Right. Well, but he's busy and booked. Exactly. Booked and busy and blessed. So shout out to Simon. We love you, baby. We love you so much, Simon. 
Well, y'all, this has been a great conversation. It really has. And this has been Sonia Rita. And this has been Zamora May of the House Latinx. And you just listened to... What the drive? Bye, y'all.